this week's episode of the Compass Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Hayden, and I'm joined with our special guest uh, today, Pastor Mike Fabares. Hello. So, so grateful that you're here. Hey, it's great to be here. All right. Church, you're going to be in for a treat as we look at the sermon that was just taught this week by Pastor Mike. And then as we look through our worldview, as we look at marriage and life and finances, and we kind of wade through that together as a church, uh, we know that you'll be blessed, and we'll be looking forward to seeing how we can apply this as we uh, move forward. But as you know, at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Our right, Pastor Mike, married with bills. Are you thinking marriage, yeah. money, the good life? That's it, yeah, and that's a lot of things thrown into one title. But, uh, you know, the goal, I guess, if I were to narrow it down, was to try and get couples to, to be more contented uh, marriage, married mm-hmm. people. I mean, that it's, it wasn't complicated, uh, and, and money wasn't really the point of the sermon, mm-hmm. but it certainly is interesting that in Luke 16, uh, you got one verse there in verse 18 about marriage and all the other verses, 30 of them, about uh, money, and I think it does, there's a correlation there that at least makes me recognize that if I cannot covet other people's stuff, perhaps I won't be coveting a different marriage than I have, and I can be the kind of person that uh, that finds contentment with what I have. Ecclesiastes 5, there's a great passage there. I think we got to it in the second service and not the first. That's the liability and hazard of preaching twice on Sunday, <laughs> as you know. Mm. Sometimes you, you, you have uh, different things you're able to throw in, in in the second service, but that great text there in, in Ecclesiastes reminding us that one of the gifts of God is being able to accept our lot in life. And, 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 you know, marriage is one of those things that we commit and covenant to God to say we're in this for life and to be able to find that sense of contentment, regardless of how much we might think the guy across the street's got a better situation than I do. Uh, that's always going to be the case. It's someone out there that you know is you're going to think that they've got it better off, and sometimes perhaps they do. I mean, financially, that's a measurable distinction. Mm. But the reality is God would like us to be content in any and every situation, and that content shows that we're trusting God, that we believe that God is sovereign, that we believe that God can enable us to not only function as contented people in our relationships and in our finances, but to serve Him, because there's that purpose in, in serving Him. And you saw those elements in the sermon outline, right? By the end, we were talking about, as very little time we had left, about generosity, which is just one aspect of our ministry in this world, to be able to redirect things that God puts under our care to be a blessing to other people. But our whole lives, whether it's evangelism, discipleship, uh, you know, meeting needs in the church, meeting needs in our neighborhood, all of those things that God asks us to do, right? that flows from a kind of confidence in God, that God is a God who's got me where he's got me, he's got me in the situations I'm in, that I might be useful for him uh, in the place that he's put me. You know, the grass always seems greener somewhere Mm -hmm. else, but we can thrive where we're planted. Mm -hmm. And where we're planted, I hope for many of you, is in a covenant relationship of marriage, and you're planted, though this is a changeable situation, in the job that you're in, in the the context of, of, uh, you know, a neighborhood that you live in. Uh, These are things that God does in our lives, as it says in Acts 17, places us in particular places uh, that we can seek Him and know Him and trust Him and serve Him. And so that, that was the real goal of the sermon. And I hope that it does that Mm -hmm. and those that heard the sermon. 
That's so good. I've always heard that the grass is greener where you water it. So, yeah, that can, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And so you can look at someone else's grass and recognize that your issues, the lack of investment where you're at, not so much your need to be where they're at. Because if you stepped in their grass, you'd probably kill it, too, if you're living <laughs> the same way you could, are right could now. Could be. <laughs> but, you know, here's one person that encourages me in this. Think of Johnny Erickson Tata. Right. If she said, wouldn't it be great if I had healthy limbs and healthy mm-hmm. arms? He'd say, of course. Right. Of course, that would be better. Be better for now if that were the case. Mm-hmm. But see, she's decided to take her situation as a quadriplegic. Right. Mm-hmm. And say, I'm going to utilize the place that I'm at. I'm going to be contented with the fact that God's put me here and I'm going to leverage this for, for good. I'm going to mm-hmm. do what I can with this for the Lord. And you know what? I've been with her. I remember once driving in a, in a little shuttle. We were in a shuttle together and she said, hey, do you know this hymn? Let's sing. And mm-hmm. she breaks out in song. Well, I don't know too many people that are joyful enough to just tap me right. on the shoulder and say, hey, let's sing. Mm-hmm. But she does. And she means it. And she's mm-hmm. sincere. And I think to myself, am I grateful for the, the, the arms and legs that I have that work? Sure. Uh, and I, I prefer to keep them that way. Mm. But whatever the disadvantages I feel, mm-hmm. right, that I wish I, I made more money or I wish I lived in a better place or I wish I whatever, mm-hmm. all of that really doesn't matter. What matters is can we take the lot God has put us in and leverage it for the glory of God and do it with a contented heart? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question I didn't write down, but to think about what's the difference between living in a contented life, but also like wanting to, uh, you know, whether it's in my job or life, to be promoted and to be diligent to to have better or to to have more because right. it's, it's not it's not wrong. Not right? wrong. So, so how would we right. be able to address that to our church? Here's what makes it wrong: the little adjective that is used in James, the the word selfish. Okay, the idea of ambition, I'm all for ambition, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Your pastor is ambitious, Mm -hmm. right? I think I'm ambitious with what I put my hand to do. We're ambitious, but our goal and your goal at whatever you do, right, you can be ambitious. You can hope to build the best company that that the world's ever seen. Fantastic, right? But we don't want selfish ambition. Mm, Everything that we do, right, we want to be able to say ultimately, right, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, we want to glorify God in it. And we also want to do it for the good of other people, right? And and I have a priority there that I want to make sure that it's ultimately in some way good for the people that are right in my near field, right? I have a responsibility for my family, right? I have a responsibility for God's family, right? And certainly Galatians 6 gives me that priority. And then for, for the world. And I want to be able to, I want to do honest work. I want to do work that glorifies God, benefits my family, benefits society, benefits the church. Those things are the kinds of things that I can do without saying, I want it to be about me. Mm. Self-aggrandizement. You know, we were talking earlier about the worldview. Think about the the worldview of it's all about me, Mm -hmm. right? The world revolves around me. Really, ambition is fine as long as it's not selfish ambition. Right. And you've seen the difference, right? Mm-hmm. People that are out there just trying to do this for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that does not please God. As a matter of fact, James says that that's, uh, that's demonic. Mm-hmm. That's what he calls it, right? That's, right. that's, not, that's not God's ambition. That's, that's wisdom that is, that is earthly and demonic. Mm. No, that's really good. And speaking of worldview, uh, we'd like to talk a little bit about worldview. And so if you could help us compare and contrast materialism from a humanistic worldview and then stewardship uh, from a theistic or biblical worldview. Yeah, materialism, if you think about it, it really fits with that last phrase I said, selfish ambition. right? If I want to surround myself with things that are just comfortable and convenient and the luxury, it's like John 1, 2 says, or John, 1 John 2, 
that the, the lust of the eyes, right, uh, the, the lust of the flesh, desires of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. Right? That's about I want things that feel good. I want things that look good, and I want to make sure it's about me. Mm. If that's my desire, that, then I'm going to grab things in life that do that just for me. Uh, uh, materialism, right? Mm. I got to have these things to do that for me. Yeah. Right? The Christian worldview says, number one, even if you grabbed it, and used it for a while, it wouldn't be yours. How often do we see in Ecclesiastes and First mm. Timothy six? You don't take anything with you. You leave everything behind, right? And, and that it was. I think it was Rockefeller died. Someone asked how much did he leave behind, and someone said everything. everything. <laughs> right? So you leave yeah. everything behind because it wasn't yours to start with. You can't take it with you. So everything that I encounter in life, I just want to say it. It really isn't ultimately about me and my self-aggrandizement. Doesn't mean when you go to shop for a pillow, you know, at Target, you don't pick a comfortable one. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that I want to make sure that when I sleep at night or I rest at night, right, my job is to be able to get up in the morning and to glorify God by serving him in some way, mm -hmm. right? Whether through my job, I'm an accountant, I'm a window washer, I'm a gardener, I'm a landscape architect, I'm whatever. I want to, I'm going to glorify God with that, mm -hmm. provide for my family, I want to be able to serve the church with those skills and gifts that I have. All of that is something that you can direct away from just saying, I want more stuff to, to make me feel better. Mm. So materialism, really, it, it, it's got to look beyond the, the present experience of how that material stuff can make me feel better to how can I leverage this in some way to help. And that help, I hope, is going to go beyond this life. Yeah. Right? We're storing up treasure in heaven. We're seeking to see Colossians 3, how I can keep my mind set on things above where I can say, what difference will this make? There's only a few things really are going to last, right? God's word's going to last. People are going to last made in God's image. I want to invest in things that mm -hmm. matter for eternity, even though I might be doing mundane things that in some way pay the rent. I want to leverage all that for, for the Lord. I got a lot of questions there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I lead a young adult type group. Uh, it's mixed ages, but there's a lot of uh, young adult people. I interact with a disciple, a lot of college age students. And, you know, kind of, you're, you're touching on it, but, you know, how can I. I, I'm looking for a bigger purpose. I'm looking for something bigger than me. I'm looking for something that I can do that's meaningful that can change the world. Uh, but I just, you know, but I'm also like not. I'm having a hard time working at Chick Fil A, or mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time working at, you know, uh, H E B or uh, the Beaver Be with Bucky's. Bucky's, <laughs> Bucky's. Yeah. Like, oh, like they're like, well, I just, you know, they keep job turning over, job turning over, job turning over because they're just not feeling fulfilled. It's yeah. like. Yeah, help us with that it's, uh, and talk to us about like not that's not necessary to feel like you have to keep changing jobs uh, even if you are doing mundane right. things and, and you said i'm touching on it because that's exactly what materialism is i'm trying to use my job to make me feel significant right and if I, this one doesn't do it enough then i'm going to seek that one everyone today it seems like trying to find the right job to find themselves to mm -hmm. fulfill themselves there's this self-actualization of if i can just Get the right experience, yeah. and I can be fulfilled. And be Maslow's, like, that's a Maslow's hierarchy of needs thing, right? That's correct, I mean, self-actualization. Yeah, right, self, right. and, and in reality, if you think about it, if you go back to our great-grandparents, right, mm -hmm. they weren't looking for jobs to be self-realized. They're mm -hmm. looking for something to pay the bills and to be honest work and mm -hmm. to contribute to society in some mm -hmm. positive way. They had, a, they had a much higher view. Not that mm -hmm. they were more godly than we are, right. but we've kind of been you know, chasing our tail in the mm -hmm. last 50 years in trying to see if we can have experiences that'll just fulfill me. Right. As opposed to the average, you know, high school graduate back in the day would say, how can I get trained to do a job that'll supply for my family and I can do good in the society? Now it's like, I want to go, I want to go hike through Europe for a year and a right. half. I want to go experience things. And it's always about themselves. 
Selfish ambition and materialism, I think, go hand in hand, and it expresses itself in people trying to use experiences and people and jobs to make themselves better. It's like that, you know, you'll listen to people that are going to get into a dating relationship mm -hmm. and they'll say to you, Pastor Hayden, I found this person and they just make me feel so complete. Mm -hmm. They make me feel so happy. They mm -hmm. make me you know, like I, I finally found someone who can accept me as I am. It's always self-focused right. as opposed to what all love is. And we learn this eventually, mm -hmm. right? It's how can I be a helpmate to them? How can I be a servant leader to them? How can I be someone who can find someone that I can now focus on as my primary target mm -hmm. of love and service that that's the kind of thing that is again taking the direction of my focus and saying it's not about me hmm. right it's going to be about glorifying god by focusing on on them that's it's just so it's it's a whole turning around of my perspective right yeah that's good uh here's a question that you guys uh, listening to this podcast at our church are going to have this week to go over in your life group so I'll ask you, Pastor Mike, and you can answer this uh, the way you think is best. How can beginning to think about our lives starting from eternity and then backtracking to today be an effective way to obtain a proper perspective of this life and the next? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I Good. think so. It just in terms of every decision I make, as I like to say around my church, is like, will it matter 100 years from now? Mm -hmm. And you think, well, do I eat a taco for lunch or eat a burger for lunch? Is that going to make a difference 100 years from now? I'm not, I'm not saying every little decision is mm -hmm. something that's going to have some huge effect in eternity, mm -hmm. but to think about eternity might remind me it really doesn't matter if I have a taco or a burrito today, right. you know, or, or a hamburger. It, in other words, I, I need to think about the reality of what matters most in eternity. And so mm. what is God going to reward? The things that he says in 1 Corinthians 3, gold, silver, precious stones, as opposed to wood, hay, and straw. There's a lot of things we chase after, as Matthew 6 says, that really won't matter in the end, how you clothe yourself, what kind of food mm -hmm. you eat. What'll matter are things that are related to the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. Mm -hmm. And so just think about eternity and think, now, what's going to matter then? What's going to matter then is how I spent my, spent my Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Like today, right? A full day. I, know, right. you know, I don't know when you're watching this, but we were recording this on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. I, I could be taking a nap right now. Right. That'd feel better for me. <laughs> We've been through right. meetings today. Right. We've been through preaching today. Right. been through prayer meeting earlier this morning. Mm -hmm. Rolled out of bed at you know six or whatever. Mm -hmm. And 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 well, really, I can say, okay, if God gives me energy, mm -hmm. God gives you energy, we can go and serve the people watching this podcast. Mm -hmm. We can try and help them. And then we'll go to bed tired tonight because right. we got more meetings to come. Right. And I think that's a good way to spend your Sunday, mm. right? That's a good thing to do. Right. And in the end, I think God will say, hey, well done. Mm -hmm. If we gave a cup of cold water to someone, he said, you're not going to lose your reward. Mm. And I think being tired for the Lord, mm -hmm. as Paul said, to spend and be expended right. for people's souls, nothing better than that. Now, all mm -hmm. we're doing really as pastors, I hope, is setting the pace right. for everyone watching and saying, hey, get on board with this. This is a good way to live. How can I do something that's going to matter beyond this life and backtrack that up into my daily decisions mm -hmm. and try and help me decide what's important, what's not important. And right. what's not important is stuff that a lot of people stress about. Right. How much, how many square foot feet I have in my house, right. how big my car is, right? Mm -hmm. How things, you know, might look in my entryway. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. Little deal, sure. The right. aesthetic, you can find the glory of God. You can get really philosophical <laughs> and try and say all of this matters somehow. But what really matters is whether or not mm -hmm. you are walking with the Lord, producing fruit, mm -hmm. affecting others for the kingdom. No, that's good. And I think that even the pace of our life and our work, you know, we live in this culture where it's like, I need to find this perfect pace, and it probably needs to be a little slower than, 
you know, then maybe my pastors tell me I got to be, you know, I got to have this time to to do what I want to do, or you know, work can, should only take this much time, and yeah. my family should only take this much time, and you know, we sit here and we try to like negotiate right. how we use our time. Uh, and we just are miserable because if we don't work hard enough, you're just you're probably uh, you know awake at night with all this energy, right. or, and, you, and you're not. And then you felt like I didn't, I'm not useful. And doing what? Watching yeah. reels on Instagram, right? I mean, <laughs> watching cat videos on YouTube. I mean, right. what are, what are we doing? We're sparing right. ourselves and saving ourselves for, for what? what? Yeah. And I do think, and I've said it, and you've heard me teach it. It's like we don't. We don't work to rest. Mm -hmm. That's not the goal. Right. And people do that all the time with their work week, working for the weekend, yeah. or I'm going to work until I can retire and then do whatever I want. Right. We're really resting every week so that we can work. work. Yeah. We're sleeping every night so we can get up and serve. Mm -hmm. And until we find the value of work, mm -hmm. which is really pre-fall stuff, God said, exercise right. dominion and get to work. Right. And there'll be gratification in that. There'll be good in that. There'll be joy in that. Right. Oh well, yeah. We we often talk about like you know we don't always say it like this, but it's like you know I want to get I want to go into eternity with the wheels falling off, and it's like you know that's a great way to look at it, but it's like you know your wheels are going to fall off whether or not you do it or not, <laughs> one way or another. You know, so it's yeah. like you can you can I guess mope into eternity, and your wheels are going to fall off when you get before you get there. Or you can you can go blazing, you know, doing work for the Lord, and the wheels are going to fall off anyway. So we're going to end up in the same spot. But it's it's a lot like this, you know, the Lazarus and the rich man situation. It's yeah. like, what are you really doing here? You right. know, right? Feeding yourself, right? Right. I, I've talked to a couple in, in the lobby today that just were so excited about everything this church has going on, and they were so excited about life groups and mm. Sunday and the extra stuff that's happening and your compass class and partners, and it was like. I said to them, I couldn't help but say, isn't that, I mean, isn't that where we find the, the, the value of our gathering together, spurring one another on to love and good mm -hmm. deeds, things that matter beyond this life? This is a good thing, and we need it. Here's what I told them. All the more as we see the day mm. drawing near, right? It's a good thing. We need this. Or we right. can just get tossed out into the world all week long mm -hmm. and vibing on their philosophy their right. their you know worldview world yeah and uh and and who knows we'll sit in the corner like a lot of them feeling terrible about ourselves that's good speaking of more worldview when it comes to things like money and marriage uh, help us understand the postmodern idea which is the time we're living in hopefully the kind of tell end to postmodernism i hope at this point but, right right uh help us understand the postmodern idea of things and money and marriage uh, and compared to a biblical worldview of these yeah. things. Well, all of these things were designed by God, material things, mm -hmm. marriage, right, to bring, bring glory to him and to help us to flourish as we glorify him. So if you think about material things, all the material things, God says he created it for us, right? Those mm -hmm. that love and know the truth, and they're to be parlayed and utilized for good, mm. right? To be able to have some kind of positive, lasting, fruitful effect, right? And marriage, too. The relationship, right, is for the thriving and the flourishing of humanity, mm -hmm. to have children, to have companionship, to not be alone, right? To have sexual fulfillment, all those mm -hmm. things God has given us, right? And, and those things are not for us just to consume, but for us to parlay, to move into the direction of saying, how can God be honored by this? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that is a, it gets back to, is this a selfish endeavor? Mm -hmm. Or is this an endeavor to say, I want to be used as a creation of God for what it's intended for? Mm -hmm. It's like in the garage. Sometimes I'll look through my tool chest, and my dad's given me a lot of tools over there. Some of my looking, I have no idea what this is for, <laughs> right? How do, you, how do you use this thing? What, what, when would I ever need this? And if I just pull it out and start to try to use it for something it's not intended for, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Mm. But there's this great Greek word, teleos, where God says, this is perfect. doesn't mean that it's without any dents or scratches, right? But it's being used for what it's designed for. Mm. And I think that's what our lives, we need to find that teleos experience of saying, what did God design me for? Mm. What did he design my mind for, my life for? Not so that I can feel fulfilled. It may be pushing a broom and changing dirty diapers or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but I'm going to find joy in that. Mm-hmm. And the Protestant Reformation, I think, helped this because they really elevated the view of work. Right. And they said, no matter what you're doing, be a, kitch, a kitchen cook, you know, peeling potatoes, but you realize that you're serving in a role that God has created for you to find that good for society, in that case, feeding people in a mess hall or whatever, mm-hmm. and we're doing it for the glory of God. We started calling jobs at that particular point in history vocation, mm. right? We talk about vocational training and all that. That word is a, is a biblical concept of mm. calling. God has called me to this post. Right. It's like Ecclesiastes 5, to find joy in my, in my lot in life. And I think we need to see our work every day, no matter how mundane it may be, mm-hmm. uh, to try and see if we can glorify God in this and find joy in the work. Right. Yeah, I think you, you've, you said it earlier, but it's like, you know, if you're trying to find your identity in your work, right, that's, that, that's, that's number one, it's, it's a problem, uh, but it's like you're never going to find, you know, it's like even being a pastor, my, my identity isn't a pastor. Right, 100%. You know? And so it's, so it's like, if that's how I found my identity, then every single day of my life, it would be by like... Uh, my conviction, I guess, how I feel about myself, whether I felt like I'm a success or a failure, be dependent on the last counseling session, the last message I preached, the attendance of last week's service yeah. or this week's service. It's like, but that's, you know, none of us, no Christian should live as though their job is their identity. Now, they should have a their identity overflowing into their job, which is, I think, the biblical idea of our vocation and our jobs. But uh, talk a little bit more about a postmodern idea. Well, if I can, let me go back to what no, you just said. Because I think most people don't believe what you just said, and mm-hmm. I was nodding heavily because it's so true. Our identity is not in the fact that we are pastors. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we would do whatever God wants us to do. Right, and I think the guys that you and I went to school with, particularly early on, think about the early days. You probably ran into guys like I did. Their identity was, "I want to be mm-hmm. a pastor. I'm going to be a pastor." Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that was their sense of, "I can only yeah. be, you know, useful if I'm a pastor." Mm-hmm. Right, and and I think you and I both know, as we say that with a hundred percent sincerity, mm-hmm. whatever God would call us to, we'll do it, and we do it, and find that if this is God's calling, we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good place to be, mm. and everyone should be that way. And yet, while our early days were marked with fellow students that just found their identity in their job, and their job mm-hmm. just happened to be spiritual, there's a lot of people out there trying to find their identity and their significance in their job, and it's uh, whatever job it is. Mm-hmm. And they're always you know, elbows up, trying to get each other out of the way to compete for these promotions and jobs right. and bonuses. And I'm just saying, yeah, it's nice to get those, mm-hmm. but you should find the fact, as Colossians says, that your master, your boss is ultimately Christ, mm-hmm. and he's the one who's going to give us the inheritance. It's not going to be, if you had the greatest income, well, then you get the biggest reward in heaven. Mm. It's, did you do that job and leverage that job for kingdom issues, for the salvation, discipleship mm-hmm. of other people, and I think that's just critical. So I just love what you said there, mm-hmm. and I wanted to highlight it, and I forget the question you asked, and no, we may not no. have time for it. But. Well, we, we could. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, of course, we're just here... Uh, I don't know, pontificating, is that a good word? Uh, uh, you know, can you imagine God, you know, penalizing you for not getting a promotion uh, versus you just never being content with where you're at? You know, I can't imagine God's going to be in eternity saying, why didn't you try to get a better job or why didn't you try to get paid more? Yeah. 
you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, do you yeah. see God? I can't imagine God no. doing that, you know, uh, unless you're just being lazy and you just like where you are and you're living with your parents because you don't want right. to work very hard. But Well, number one, we're not Catholics and you're not the pontiff, <laughs> yeah. neither am I, but pontificating is a good word anyway. Yeah, I like good. that. We're not sitting here just pontificating, no. but the point <laughs> is uh, I do think that we have to recognize, as my old pastor used to say, you know, and he was talking to us as students, right? An A on earth could be an F in heaven, and an mm-hmm. F on earth could be an A in heaven. Yeah, and so that. the promotion of your job, right, or getting that big paycheck, mm-hmm. right, you can get that on earth, but it has no correlation mm-hmm. to whether or not God sees that as a promotion, mm-hmm. right? I, I know men in our church that have said no to promotions, right, because they're heavily involved in the ministry at church. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, they may be wearing a weird, you know, uh, in our case, Awana, uh, you know, or Venture <laughs> Club sweater, or whatever they wear, vests, yeah. and, and they're there coming from their executive job in some high rise in Irvine, and they're coming in to serve. And I guarantee you, not only are they finding more fulfillment mm-hmm. than the extra, you know, 30000 a year, they are, they're, I guarantee you, going to be rewarded mm-hmm. eternally for the fact they said no to this and yes to this. Mm-hmm. doesn't always work that way. Sometimes they take promotions, and it's a promotion where they can leverage that position of mm-hmm. influence for God's kingdom. So you never know. There's no direct yeah. correlation. Right. And I think we need to think about this in, in light of eternity, which right. we've talked a lot about. We have. And that's like uh, Pastor Lucas saying yesterday, those are decisions on you know whether to be you know to go after promotions is wisdom, right? That's right. a wisdom decision. It's most probably not a moral decision most of the time, I'm sure. Right. No, it's right. a wisdom. It's like, should I do this? Would this be glorifying to God, or would it be better that I not? And so all that, all this is worldview, church, and we want to help you understand that everything you do is a world is a worldview decision. Everything right. you do, and even the things you don't do, is based upon your your interaction with and your understanding of our culture and God's word. And right. so that's why we're so, we push so hard on Bible application. It's not because we're legalists. It's not because you know we're sitting here and taking marks on how much you do or don't do. But it's the reality that anything that you're not doing based on God's word, you are doing based on some other worldview. Right. And so we just want to be really careful and want, we want to help you so much on making sure that all of your decisions and all the things you do in your life are based on what does God have to say about this. Right, right. So. Which I think is is really the worldview to illustrate. It's like everything in life, what is it, right? Mm-hmm. And why do I do it? it you know, it's, it's like if you gave uh, an adult from another planet a golf club and a tee and a golf ball, <laughs> say, do whatever you want with it. Right, and and it's not legalism to say, Mm-mm. well, here's what it's intended for. Right. You put this ball on that tee, you right. swing this club, you swing it like this. If you want to be good, you swing it this way, and you will hit that ball a mm-hmm. long way. And there's more gratification in following the the rules, mm-hmm. right? That this is how it works, and you mm-hmm. may fall in love with that silly game, mm-hmm. right? Because you're doing it the way it was designed to be used. Right. And I think we got to figure out what is this, right? If this is a golf ball, what is it used for, mm-hmm. right? And think about the confusion of our culture, right? This is your sexual. Mm-hmm. Life, right? Mm-hmm. What is it used for? What is it, and why do you do it? Mm-hmm. And worldview helps us take every piece of life: our right. job, our relationships, our emotions, our feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, everything down to why do we put clothes on every day? Mm-hmm. But what is it, and why do we do it? Mm-hmm. And that helps us go back to the source of authority. And the source of authority isn't your feelings. It's not my voice. It's not Pastor Hayden's voice. Mm-hmm. It's God's word, God's That's truth. Good. And we're here just to teach you from week to week what God's word is. That's why, you know, you pay us to not have to go work a second job so we can work in the word, work in the ministry and be able to provide some kind of insight, accurate insight into God's word and that creates a worldview. That mm-hmm. gives us a biblical worldview. And that's mm-hmm. what we need. 
That's so good. Uh, well, Compass, we're so uh, thankful for you, Pastor Mike, and I know that everyone here is very blessed by your teaching, so we thank you as a church for your stewardship, not only through teaching, but the support and even sending us out here. So thankful for you. Uh, and church, uh, we, we love you, and we are, are just, we're rooting for you. We're cheering you on to live life in a biblical worldview this week, and that all of these things were, were truly helpful and beneficial for you. Before I let you go, just a couple of announcements. One, baptisms are next week, and so if you're listening to this, and, and I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit's tucking on your heart if you never followed through a baptism, because it's just so important to the Christian faith. It's the Great Commission. We're going to go reach people, and we're, all these p- disciples that we're making, we baptize them. And so if that's you, we'd love to talk to you, and we'd love to help walk you through uh, your testimony and through a biblical testimony and your, your salvation, and then we'd love to uh, help you get in front of our church uh, and, and follow through in believer's baptism. And so we would love for you to do that. Uh, look forward to baptisms next week. And we also have our Exploring Compass as well. Uh, we will be shutting off registrations for that in the next couple of days to make sure we have everything we need for that. And so if you have yet to sign up for Exploring Compass, don't miss out to do that. It's going to be it's the best way for you to get connected to our church. Uh, it's the only way you can start serving in our church. And so we're not trying to keep you from serving. We just want you to serve in the right way for the right purpose and the right motives. And that's what Exploring Compass is going to help you do. And then finally, we have our churchwide prayer night uh, the last Sunday of this month. I believe it's the 29th. And we'll be meeting from 5 to 6.30 p.m. We'll do worship. We'll be praying that God would continue doing the great things that he's already doing at our church, and he would do them even more as we're walking after him. So, church, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. We'll talk to you soon.